This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. And the breaking news at this hour is the uh, Passenger Transportation Board has approved Uber and Lyft to operate in Metro Vancouver. So this is the long-awaited decision by the two major ride-hailing companies to start operating in Metro Vancouver. They get the approval from the Passenger Transportation Board in this hour. Just taking a look, uh, closer look at the bulletin that was put out by this board, this is significant. No caps. No caps on the maximum number of ride-hailing licenses, which is what the taxi industry was wanted. They wanted them to put a cap, a firm cap, on the number of Uber cars. It says that the board has determined that at this point it's not too prepared to impose limits on fleet size because of the experiences of other jurisdictions with Uber's operation. So Uber and Lyft approved to operate by the Passenger Transportation Board. They're not going to start rolling right away, though, because they still have to get a business license, a local municipal business license, and they have to get insurance from ICBC. But this is the big bar to, to clear here to get an operating license from the Passenger Transportation Board. And that has happened, finally. Let's check in now with Jazz Johal, BC Liberal MLA. He is the opposition critic for ride-hailing. Jazz, thanks for coming in. Pleasure, Michael. What do you think of this announcement? Well, I think it's great news. I think um, you know we've been pushing very hard, and I think the public been wanting this for a very long time. I think in regards to a transportation solution uh, for Vancouverite specifically, this is a very good day. It's one more option from from transit and and using your vehicle or taking a SkyTrain or cycling or walking. It's one more transportation option which other major cities have adopted a long time ago. What I where I am concerned though, Michael, is that look, this is a great day probably for downtown Vancouver, the Vancouver core. This doesn't mean that we're going to have a ride healing, um, effective ride healing in Richmond, uh, in my riding, uh, in Chilliwack, in communities like Kamloops or Prince George or Kitimat or, or Castlegar. With that class four barrier that they've put in, it's, we're, it's going to be interesting to see how many people have signed up. And I'm sure we'll have enough drivers on day one. What I'm concerned about is day 45, day 60. Uh, will these people stay on to drive part time, 30 hours, 20 hours, 19 hours, whatever it may be? Will there be enough drivers to deal with the demand? So there's the, the the decision today, which I think is great. It's it was a bit odd waiting all this time. We don't know when it was coming. It's kind of like waiting for a puff of smoke from uh, the PTB, which is a small little bureaucracy with six employees. But I'm glad they made yeah. a decision and it came out. And uh, I think it's a good day to celebrate. But uh, I still have many concerns, and particularly in regards to having effective ride hailing for the entire province. What makes you say that you're concerned that they would not? have ride hailing in Richmond. I mean, this is an operating license for all of the lower mainland. No, it? absolutely. The reason I'm concerned is just having enough class four drivers to, to yeah, provide that service. a driver shortage. It's a driver shortage. So when you, you know, in your introduction, uh, you, were, you were correct when you said, the PTB said, there'd be no caps. But yeah. by allowing, by putting in that class four barrier, you actually are imposing caps indirectly. Not the PTB, but in this case, the NDP uh, and their MLAs doing that. Okay, I'm taking a look right now, Jazz, at a a statement put out by Uber. And Uber says that they're happy with this announcement. We hope to launch very soon once we have obtained a business license from the city of Vancouver. And we've purchased insurance from ICBC. In the meantime, they're encouraging 
people to get a class four driver's license to be a driver. Like you said, right. they, they've got that driver it, shortage, so they want people to get trained up to be an Uber driver. Anybody on Twitter or Instagram the last probably two months has seen, and they've been inundated with ads about uh, working for Uber or Lyft or other ride-hailing firms. So you know it's an issue. And like I said, you'll probably have enough for the first day, but I worry about two months, six months into this, where we have placed these barriers that I don't think were needed in regards to, to preserving safety and providing service. So that, that is a big issue for me right now. Because so what, you mean you could, you could have a situation where you, you click the, the Uber app on your phone and ask for a ride and there's no rides available? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, what, what does this mean for people in Abbotsford today? A significant, a very large community, Chilliwack, those areas are growing uh, significantly. I can understand uh, the problem being dealt with in downtown Vancouver and that Vancouver core, which is uh, urban, very dense, uh, and people don't have cars. I think it's a great day for them. Um, but I'm not sure what this means for Prince George. What does this mean for Kitimat that's going through a significant growth now with an LNG project where they need yeah. more drivers, where they need uh, just the ability to get around the community? This means nothing today for them. And so we have to remind ourselves for the entire province, this is not real ride healing as of yet. It's a start and I think it's a good day and I'm, I'm a positive person that way, but I really worry that over the long term, we still don't have that effective ride healing that we're all looking for. Okay, speaking to liberal ride hailing critic Jazz Johal, just taking a closer look at this statement that has come out from Uber, uh, they, it says here, riders may experience a longer than usual wait time for an Uber vehicle once they're up and running and they blame... What you just said, Jazz, the class four driver's license requirement. So Uber already saying, this is great. We want to get running here as fast as we can, but we expect to have a shortage of drivers. You know, this is at its core, uh, the NDP pandering to the taxi industry. That's all this was. This is a promise to a special interest group. And who's paying for it? The people in Vancouver. We've got to remind yourself, like, look, Amazon's going to be opening up their head office here. You're looking at potentially 10,000 employees. A lot of those folks aren't going to have cars. They want to live near work. Could you imagine the demand alone in the Vancouver core for ride hailing? Well, and then and then you throw in a class four barrier. What's this mean for the rest of the well, lower mainland? Right? Uh, well, what about all the pandering that you guys did when the liberals are in power? I mean, you guys had years to bring these services to the people of mm-hmm. BC, and you guys, you guys turtled and caved into the taxi companies too. Well, At least the NDP have, are doing it. You guys never did it. Here's my response to that. First of all, I wasn't in government, but I'll explain it. I, what, what, the plan that we came up with at the end of the day was the right plan, Class 5 Plus. That took a lot of uh, consultation with the industry and with ride healing and with the taxi industry. Remember, when they first came, Uber just came in and started up one day. You can't do that. You have to build a framework around that. So the time was a little different, but the end of the day before the last election, we said class five plus, we're going to allow the taxi to work with them to build a a, a robust app that that can compete with Uber and Lyft. All yeah. of that was on, on the table, so we, we have a robust taxi industry, and we want the taxi industry to be healthy as well. That's part of the solution as well, getting around the community. It's not just ride healing. It's just not SkyTrain and buses. It's all of it. All of it matters. And so the, 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 the what we came up with the, at the end of the day was the right decision. What the NDP have done now well, with mean, this guys, class four nonsense, it, it is I fundamentally know. hindering the ability to people move around throughout the lower mainland. It's not just well, Vancouver. Remember, it's a city of two and a half million people and a province of five million people. I and we've will, got to think for the entire province. I will continue to keel haul the liberals for failing to deliver these services. I take your point, Jazz, that you guys promised before the last election that you would finally deliver these services and with just a, a regular class four, class five driver's license. I, I understand that. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is, and I take, I know you're just a rookie MLA and you weren't, <laughs> you weren't around when this was going on, but I'm telling you that 
I covered this story for years, and I watched that liberal government cave into the taxi business. This industry should have been up and running years ago. But we're and, still and liberal, pandering the to liberals, them now. The yeah, NDP well, is pander, still pandering to them yeah, but at now, least, right? At least they've approved it. You guys never approved it when you had the chance. I take your point that you weren't there. But I'm telling you that your colleagues that you're sitting around your caucus table today, they failed. They failed to deliver these services to the people of Metro Vancouver when they had the opportunity. Let, let me ask you this. Speaking mm -hmm. of the taxi companies, this is a bad day for the taxi companies. Not only is Uber and Lyft approved without any caps, but in this same announcement from the Passenger Transportation Board today, they have turned down, they have declined the application from Cater. And Cater was the app, the ride-hailing app that the taxi companies wanted to bring in. And yeah, that's been turned down today. Your thoughts on yeah, that? Yeah, so the uh, what I call Cater 1.0 was the rewrap taxis, which shut down. Um, and this is Cater 2.0, which is a more of a traditional ride-hailing um, uh, company. Um, and this is initial initial initially, I'm just looking at it. And to my understanding, I don't think the PTB really believed that their business model was going to work. And that's why they were turned down. I don't know if they're going to reapply. But to my understanding, the business plan commitments that Cater, uh, Cater had made over the next 36 months in regards to their cash projections, uh, I think uh, the PTB found unrealistic. Uh, so they were turned down. Do you think we could see a backlash from the taxi companies and taxi drivers? I mean, we've seen some protests in other cities from taxi companies and cabbies who are very angry about this competition being introduced. Could we have some problems here with the taxis fighting back? Uh, it wouldn't surprise me. But yeah. I guess my response would be, uh, did that stop ride-hailing in any of these communities where they protested? And the answer is no. And I think part of the challenge the taxi industry has is one thing they haven't worked on in these seven or eight or nine years where they've been fighting ride-hailing, which is working on their customer service and pricing. And at, the core, at its core as well, they have to, have to build a robust uh, app that can compete with Uber and Lyft. Both these companies have literally a 1,000 engineers on staff each that can maximize um, the drivers that are out there. They have algorithms that says, look, at 2.15 at the corner of Burrard and let's say 13th, uh, there is an uptick in regards to uh, need for ride healing. So they'll pre-position cars in those areas. So right, that's yeah, what the yeah. taxi industry is going to have to compete with. So, you know, in the seven or eight years, they could have been working on service, okay. but most importantly, building an app that's robust enough to compete with these guys. That's part of the problem. How many times I've had people call up my constituency office, look, I called a taxi, wait an hour, two hours, no one came up or they just don't, don't show up. So that's part of their challenge as well. They have a customer service right. challenge moving forward and then they have a technical challenge moving forward as well. Blake in the West End, hi. Oh, anything is better. Um, the uh, black top and yellow cab, they daily drive on in the bike lanes here in the West End. They may be, it's, it's pathetic. The, the, the way they drive in the bike lanes with big what? signs, big um, uh, barricades, cement barricades here How at Nicola. How often do they do that? Pardon? How often do they do that? Well, you know, on our house camera, we had over counted over 100 times alone for yellow cab. And, you know, when you phone ah. them, we'll talk to them. I said they should maybe take some drivers off. So I hope okay. whoever it is, Lyft or any of them, are better drivers to start okay, with. Okay, Blake, thanks for the call. Well, I'll tell you what. These taxi companies are going to be mad as hell because Uber and Lyft has been approved with no caps on their fleet size. The taxi companies really pushed hard to get those caps. They didn't get it. And even worse, I mean, even more salt in the wounds is that their Cater app, this is the app the taxi companies wanted to get going for, for uh, their own ride-hailing service, that's been turned down today by the Passenger Transportation Board. Do you think that the taxi industry will be hurt badly, Jazz Johal, by this? 
You know, your question before in regards to what they need to be doing, I talked about service, I talked about technology. So first of all, they have to compete and want to compete. If their only business model is going to be challenging uh, the technology and ride-hailing itself, they're going to fail. Uh, If you look at other uh, communities around Canada and across North America, it does have an impact. There's absolutely, there's there's no doubt. New York is significant reduction over the last five years in regards to uh, the use of uh, taxis. Uh, Los Angeles is the same. The systems are a little different and it's certainly different from us and different from New York to LA as well. But the overall impact on the taxi industry has been significant. So that's where I keep going back to. We have to, A, make sure that they are focusing on customer service, focusing on technology. And also at the end of the day, the taxi industry has a legitimate complaint in regards to the insurance product. If they're paying $30,000 a year for insurance, $30,000, $35,000, and a Uber car and a Lyft car is paying, let's say, $2,500 a year, there's a fundamental mental disadvantage there. And that's something government needs to address. And I think that's a legitimate complaint that the taxi industry has in regards to leveling the playing field. But putting in class four licensing isn't leveling the playing field. We should be focusing on those cost issues that they have, because I think you need to have a successful taxi industry to to, to really help with transportation challenges. But uh, it's not going to be done through class four. Let's go to Bruce in Vancouver on the open line. Hi. Hi there. I'm uh, highly supportive of the decision today. I think it's great that they're ensuring that there's class four licensing so that when we get in uh, a ride, we know we're going to be driven safely. Hopefully it'll reduce the insurance claims. And it's too bad that Jazz is trying to politicize a great decision for our community where we're well behind the rest of the world. Is that what you're trying to do, Jess? <laughs> well, I think I've been very much up front uh, about uh, wanting ride healing in this in, in this uh, city, in this province. Uh, the challenge I have is that we level the playing field for both uh, taxis and uh, ride healing, and we do not put up unnecessary barriers, class four being one of them. The other one, by the way, Michael, is cost. Generally, ride healing in North America is 20 to 25% cheaper than taxis. Right. What the, the base scale that we have now, let's say you call up a cab in downtown Vancouver, you pay about $2 $2.50 for your base fare, then there's a service fee, then there's a cost per kilometer and a cost per minute of about $0.33. Cents. So you're paying about $5 just to get into the, the ride-healing uh, company of choice and then going to your ride. Yeah, it's not going to be cheap. No, it's not going to no. be as cheap as other cities have ride-healing. That's right. the issue. It's cheaper. And when, when you're, when you're let, in Maple Ridge, let's say, for that last mile to get home where you've taken a bus, you can afford to take an Uber home because it's going to be cheaper. Okay. So it helps the transit system. Having okay. these cost barriers doesn't help either. Jazz Johal, thank you for coming in. My pleasure, Michael. As a liberal MLA, Jazz Johal is the official opposition critic for ride-hailing.